This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy. The Enemy this week, the Ottawa Red Black Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff at Tim Hortons Field. And this Saturday will be the first South Plaza Saturday of the season. There'll be all sorts of great stuff for families to do just south of Tim Hortons Field, from inflatables to face painting to an autograph session with some members of the Tiger Cats. And Tim Cheatwood, our alumnus of distinction, plus one lucky attendee to South Plaza Saturday, will win a pair of tickets to the 110th Grey Cup at Tim Hortons Field in November. Pretty cool. You're going to want to get down there before the game. 7 o'clock on Saturday, and as mentioned, the opponent of the Ottawa Red Blacks, and to discuss that, A.J. Jakovic from TSN 1200. Uh, A.J., I, I mean, let's let's talk about it. Jeremiah Masoli will start. What's the energy like at the around the Red Blacks with Masoli getting set to return to the lineup? Yeah, I think it's really good. I, unfortunately, it coincides with some pretty tough news for the guy who got his first CFL start last week, and Tyree Adams out with uh, an ACL injury and so he's done for the season so that's put a little bit of a damper on it for sure because uh, I think he's such a an energetic guy that that people whether they're fans whether they're teammates everyone was just rooting for this guy so to hear that news is certainly a tough pill to swallow but uh, certainly a lot of excitement surrounding Jeremiah Masoli I mean it's crazy it's going to be one year to the day uh, from the injury in Saskatchewan and such a brutal injury it was with complications and surgeries and infections and setbacks, but uh, uh, ready to go. I mean, he told us uh, this week uh, on TSN 1200 that, you know, for a lot of people, this injury, it takes them 18 months to get back to normal life, let alone playing football again. And he's worked tremendously hard uh, to get to this point and to be back exactly one year later and to have it happen in the place where he, you know, has played his entire professional career with the Hamilton Tiger Cats prior to joining Ottawa and to have him play there for the first time as a member of the opposition, I think uh, pretty special on a lot of different fronts. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious for the reception. I, I assume he'll get a great reception on Saturday from the Ticats faithful. At least the first time they see him, maybe, you know, he becomes public enemy number one, especially if he's, you know, hooking up with Jalen Acklin downfield. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of former Ticats on this Red Blacks team. Do you get the sense that there's an extra level of energy. I mean, they played him three times last year. They lost three times. I have this feeling that they want to win one for Berkey. Uh, but how do you kind of see all those ex-Ticats getting up for this game on uh, on Saturday? Yeah, it depends on who you talk to. Uh, when you talk to Jalen Acklin, for example, he's, uh, he's very vocal about it. When you talk to Jeremiah Masoli, he talked about the fact that he's, he's not very sentimental. So you get uh, a, a little bit more downplaying from Masoli than you would from a, Jer- uh, a Jalen Acklin. But no no doubt. I mean, this has to be a game circled on the calendar for so many, starting with the general manager and Sean Burke and moving on to, you know, Jeremiah Masoli and Jalen Acklin. And, um, you know, unfortunately, some of the Ticats like Jovan Santos-Knox and Cariel Brooks and uh, Braylon Addison aren't, aren't playing. But, uh, you know, Lorenzo Molden's another that has had a sensational uh, – uh, time in Ottawa, Defensive Player of the Year last year. So no doubt for, for a lot of these uh, ex-Ticats, this game uh, means a little bit more. But, you know, the reality is when you look at the standings, 
Hamilton desperate for a win at 0-3, and Ottawa certainly uh, trying to build on what they did, um, you know, the last week against the Elks. I, I, this is a big football game for both of these teams, and you know, I'll. I'll kind of just bring the Ottawa point of view because clearly when you're 0-3 and I've seen that too many times in, in recent years from a Red Blacks perspective, uh, the pressure is going to mount. But from an Ottawa perspective, I think just to follow up last week's win, they've had such a tough time at home the last three seasons. I mean, just a brutal record. Uh, 24 of 25 losses at TD Place before last week. And, and I think to build on that, to have some momentum so that when Winnipeg comes to town next week, that it, it's it's not forgotten that this team finally got that big home win uh, against the Elks. But if all of a sudden they're one and three coming off a divisional loss and, and now Winnipeg, one of the best teams in the league, comes to town, then a lot of fans might be saying, well, here we go again. Yeah, we won a home game, but nothing's really changed. So that's why I think that this feels like a really big football game, even though it's the fourth week of the season for both these teams. Now, I mean, you, you led into my next question uh, pretty well there, but I mean, just how big of a win was that? I, I guess, you know, last week against Edmonton, you mentioned the, the struggles at TD place. How, how huge was it for this team, this group of guys that are coming to Hamilton on Friday to have picked up that victory coming into this one? I don't think people wanted to, like when you talk to, whether it was players, coaches, management, uh, people who work for OSEG, um, you know, whether they're selling tickets or whatever, or, or fans, I, I don't think they wanted to even think about the possibility of another home loss, and especially against a team that hasn't looked very good to start the season in, in Edmonton. So it, it was massive. You could feel uh, just the, the weight of the world off the shoulders of so many different people within that organization. But again, if they don't follow it up, um, it, then people are going to be saying, well, it's the same old, same old. And, and I think another win to, to to win two in a row and to come home two and two would, would give the fans some hope. And I, I think Ottawa fans have been pretty supportive for the most part. But look, the, the first two crowds of the season, they're just over 18,000. This is a franchise that's been used to getting 23, 24, 25,000 really since day one. And uh, to, to see how it's dropped off, it's not levels that you've seen in certain markets around the league. I mean, BC is up, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, Toronto, they still have some work to do. And, and Montreal, they still have some work to do. So it, it, it's not like it was 12 or 15 or anything like that, but still a, a long ways away from where they are. And and, and when you talk to people that are long uh, longtime season ticket holders that might have canceled within the last couple of years, it's pretty simple. It's, it's not about... Uh, the, the price of hot dogs or the halftime entertainment or anything like that, it was about wins. And they need to string more than one together if, if they're going to get these fans back one by one. I uh, want to talk about uh, the coaching staff. Obviously, uh, some changes over the years, um, some new faces, some familiar faces in different spots. But let's talk about the OC spot. And uh, Kari Jones obviously was here uh, for parts of last season after uh, being dismissed by Montreal. What have you seen from him? How have you seen his influence on the offense? And now going to Masoli, what, what do you see between those two guys having known them for a while? 
uh, you know, separately. Uh, what have you seen from them through uh, this week, I guess? And, and what are you expecting to see? Yeah, I, I think uh, well, one of the issues here the last couple of years is just wearing too many hats. And, and I think the, the fact, and then look, it's Canadian Football League and there's an ops cap now uh, that, that limits what you can pay your staff. So that, that means certain people are going to have to wear different hats and maybe multiple hats. But it's tough to be head coach and offensive coordinator. I, I think Paul Lapolice is a really good offensive coordinator, but when you're, you're worried about a couple of different things, something in the end is probably going to suffer. So um, the, the fact that you've got Kahari just focusing on the offense, it, it's a different approach as well in the sense that he, he's such a positive guy, and that's it's one of the things that the players have talked about is just uh, a different style of coaching that you know he's not going to, He's not going to yell at you, but he is going to correct your mistakes. Uh, and so I think he's definitely a, a, a positive influence on that group in terms of his approach. And, you know, last week I thought he called a really good game. And the, the running the football was a huge part of what they did uh, and, and helped create, for example, their first touchdown pass with play action. Play action only works if... You're, you're running the football regularly and, and to some degree of success. So um, 208 yards on the ground uh, speaks for itself. Uh, 33 of those were from Tyree Adams. I'm not sure Jeremiah Masoli is going to be uh, taken off too much uh, given you know where he's at. Uh, but we'll wait and see. I still think he's looked pretty good in practice. But running the football and, and getting behind that offensive line, which They've prioritized, and it's uh, that's kind of Red Black's DNA because since day one, that was a priority from Marcel Desjardins, and certainly Sean Burke has made it a priority here as well, whether through free agency with Jacob Ruby and Drew Desjardins or whether through the draft uh, with you know the first two picks last year and Cyril Hogan-Saint-Ole and Zach Pelios, who have both started this year in year two, and, and then they went to Dante Bull first overall, big tackle out of Fresno State who's been injured but uh, you know could be good to go as early as this week he's been back at practice uh, uh, fully he's been limited in recent weeks but coming off uh, a leg injury that he suffered that cut his season short last year at Fresno State so I, I think that's been a priority is the trenches on both sides of the football and certainly what we saw last week is exactly the type of identity that I think the Red Blacks are hoping to have under, uh, you know, not just this head coach and Bob Dice, but certainly uh, with the offensive coordinator and Kahari Jones. You mentioned the run game, so let's talk about Demontre uh, Tuggle. Uh, you know, just two games of work, but has put up some solid numbers in those two games. Stint in the XFL, a stint in the NFL, a solid collegiate career. Uh, is this a guy that uh, you could see um, being a, I don't want to put a star label on him two games into it, but is this someone you can see succeeding in the CFL and in Kahari Jones's offense? Looks like it, and and that was a point of priority in the offseason. I think they really like Jackson Bennett as a solid number two, and I think it worked to perfection, just that change of pace when he came in and hard north-south running, uh, which was very successful last week against the Elks. So they, they just felt they needed the one. And they thought they had the one in X Ticat West Hills, 
but Hill selected to go to the USFL and now he's leading the league in rushing. So, and good on him, you know, maybe gets an opportunity to, to go to the NFL. So when they missed out on Hills, that job was wide open and Demontre Tuggle, he looked great in preseason. Um, he's got that burst, but also uh, a power runner that, that is more North South compared to a Devonte Williams who, you know, is, is pretty dangerous in, in space, but maybe not as powerful a runner as, as Tuggle or Bennett. So, uh, yeah, I think so far so good on, on that front. And uh, again, this offense is going to need, and especially with Jeremiah Masoli back, he's going to need as much help as possible. And that means being able to run the football, which gives him a better chance of success coming back from injury. Uh, AJ, what are you most looking forward to uh, when you come to Hamilton this weekend? Oh, that's a that's a great question. Uh, maybe <laughs> seeing you, Louie. I mean, there's a there's a lot of positives. No, I always love uh, I love this rivalry, and I know Hamilton's got a bigger rival um, with Toronto in terms of the history that they've had. But I love the fact that since Ottawa's come into the league, their biggest rival is not Montreal. I I, I joked with uh, you know Joey Alfieri from. Yeah from the Alouettes about the fact that like, I don't, I don't hate you guys. <laughs> Ottawa's never played Montreal in the playoffs. And look, all that changes probably with the first playoff game. But I think it's been since the eighties that the Alouettes and then the Rough Riders played in the playoffs. So it, it's tough to build a rivalry when you don't play in the playoffs. Ottawa and Hamilton have played in the playoffs a couple of times. And, you know, one of those games was an absolute classic. We had Luke Tasker on, uh, the radio earlier this week and you know he just talked about that game as well because I one, one of the things I talked about is just you you can't have a great game unless both teams show up and yeah. that to me is a classic and I know it's a heartbreaker from a Hamilton <laughs> perspective but it was a classic because of some of the plays on the other side of the uh, of the football and because of Jeremiah Masoli throwing an absolute laser beam into the end zone to Luke Tasker to tie it at 28. And and he talked about that being one of his favorite memories, even though it came in a loss. So yeah, I, I do like the fact that Ottawa and Hamilton have developed a little bit of a rivalry and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see another good football game uh, here on Saturday. Well, I mean, if there's one thing we learned last year, even though it was three and zero in favor of the Ticats, it was, uh, it was definitely close. It went down to the wire every single game. So I'm sure this one as well. And, uh, you know, minus five points for bringing up the miracle on Bank Street on this show on the Tie Cats Audio Network. I know you didn't. I know you you, you you kind of danced around the bush there on what you were talking about, but uh, Jim Taddy and I, Chris Dellings, and I talked about Masoli to Tasker. So yeah, I know. I know you. Memories. I know what you were doing there, buddy. Uh, AJ, always great to connect with you. Looking forward to seeing you down at the stadium this weekend. Yeah, you too, Louis. Take care. My thanks to AJ Jagabic for joining me today on today's episode of Speaking with the Enemy. And hey, by the way, you can hear a, another brand new episode of Speaking with the Enemy as part of Tiger Cats pregame. And on Saturday during Tiger Cats pregame presented by Greenworks, we will have our Greenworks Listen to Win contest. Listen for the keyword and somebody who gets it right will win a Greenworks 40 volt 16 inch cordless lawnmower. Ticats pregame starts at 6 o'clock on Saturday at listen.ticats.ca. That's it for me today. I will be back next week. Hopefully you'll join us then here on the Ticats Audio Network from all of us here. I'm Louie Butko. Hope you have a great day.